welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, the Mad Chatter Ryan M.K., your host. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated as always. Please do not forget to make sure you're following on the Twitter, on the grams, as the kids say these days, at RMK Madness. Please do. <clears throat> All right. Good stuff to get into today. That's right. Hope your weekend was well. Hmm. Mine, not bad, not bad. See, we entered beginning Friday here in Colorado, uh, code red of the COVID restrictions. So not complete lockdown or anything like that, but a lot of stuff going on. Talked about it on the last pod, I believe, but very eerie. Last time I remember, at work, very busy when the restrictions hit, when the lockdown hit, because you could still get you know, pick up and delivery. And this weekend, not so much. Perhaps that's because, well, next week is Thanksgiving. Turkey Day is so exciting. And that next week, this week, this week, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. See, we're doing the thing where I record Sunday night, but it's going to come out Monday. But see, it feels like it's next week. It, it just, it all feels weird, right? It's 2020. It doesn't feel like Thanksgiving should already be here. And it is. And people are still flying all over the country to go visit their families. What the fuck is going on? Ugh. COVID is just ravaging the shit out of the United States of America. And everybody's acting like it's normal. Not everybody. I should, not everybody, not even close to everybody, but there is a chunk of people. Now, there's going to be your COVID deniers. You can read out there plenty about people who are in the hospital sick with COVID and still saying, nope, this is something else, not COVID. COVID's fake. <sighs> yes. So there's going to be that segment. But then there's also people who are just, you know, they got that COVID fatigue and they're going to try and get back to doing some normal things as safely as possible. And I, I suppose good for them. I mean, and if you don't know anybody high risk, then I, I, it, it's all on up to you to do that. Sure. I just still don't get it after all this time. Like, we could just knock, not knock this out. Not anymore. We're past that point. But we could lessen all of this if everybody would just follow suit. But, you know, I could understand the argument that it's not going to happen, so why not try and live a little? Because we're never going to get everybody in this country to cooperate. I can't say I agree with that either, but I don't know. It's such a... How do you come up with anything that makes everybody happy? You know, it's hard to do. I'll have to agree with Miss Kelly, Mrs. Kelly Stafford on that one. It's hard to find a solution that will please everybody. You know... <sighs> It's just crazy. You know, I did, and I see stuff on Twitter, right? And I've seen several times where people will say, hey, we just got to be respectful of other others' opinions and things like that. And it's like that more pertaining to the election, like um, people talking about, you know, being open to what other people vote. And normally I'm all about you vote for who you want to vote for. Not this year. If you voted for Trump, go fuck yourself. Because you're either all about his agenda or you're ignorant to his agenda. And if you can't see, like, it blew my mind. Ice Cube's out here, like, trying to work with Trump. Like, Trump, 
Like the dude just said, he was going to take away the training and federal jobs that, what is that called? Oh my goodness, I'm having a brain fart again. Why do I, oh, sensitivity training. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Excuse me. Sensitivity training. He's going to take that shit. Racial sensitivity training, he's going to take that away from federal jobs. And he wants to change educational courses to not talk about slavery and, you know, parts of our our country's history that aren't so glowing. Not only is that some fascist shit, but that's like, it's trying to erase what he's done to the black people. And racial sensitivity training, like, how can you try and work with a man like that? And then the way he's handled COVID, that he's the reason that a segment of America thinks this is fake and bullshit and won't wear masks and all of that. So I'm sorry. No, if you voted for Trump, if you don't believe in COVID or the masks or science, if you're a flat earther, any of this shit, you can, you know, suck nuts. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Sorry, but not sorry. Because that's where I'm at. I'm normally very, very open to others' opinions, and you believe what you want to believe, I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Not so judgmental. Very, very patient. What's the other word? I'm like, man, my words are just escaping my brain tonight. <sighs> but you know, I, I very much try to be. But 2020 is not happening. It's not happening. And see, now I'm off on a tangent. Yes, this is a fantasy football show. Welcome to the fantasy football show that is Fantasy Madness, where sometimes the host, the mad chatter Ryan MK, goes on a little bit of tangent about real world shit because that shit really is more important than football. But I digress. (sighs) Just remember, peeps, gotta stay safe. Try and survive this winter. It's gonna be a little crazy. My family ain't going nowhere for Thanksgiving. We're staying put. And I'm ready. I'm ready for some turkey some weed, and some football. I can't wait for Thursday. Oh, no, I can't wait. I love, love Thanksgiving. And the past few years, we've done our own, you know, small family thing anyway. So, hey, (laughs) this ain't going to be nothing new for us, personally. And speaking of surviving, talking about surviving the winter, like it's some medieval times Game of Thrones type shit, we got to survive the winter. Speaking of surviving, WWE Survivor Series was also Sunday night. Now, if you listen to this pod long enough, you know I'm not a WWE fan per se. I'm a big pro wrestling fan. Used to watch the WWE. But let's just say there's some things about Mr. McMahon and his company that uh, go against how, how my beliefs, my ethics, my morals. And I'm just not so fond of, uh, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I don't like giving money and support to fucking assholes with beliefs that are polar opposite than mine. So, and not to mention, it's just not even the best wrestling to watch. AEW. New Japan Pro Wrestling, my personal favorite. There's a, there's rest, better wrestling out there to watch. WWE. But they had their, you know, annual Thanksgiving show, the Survivor Series that happened. And 
It was the farewell of The Undertaker, which is why I bring all of this up. It ties to sports. You know, you've seen football players, other athletes. Gronk was the most recent I can think of. In WWE, right? I mean, hell, some, some guys used to play football. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, The Rock. He started out as a football player with the U. So, ties loosely to sports and football, but I brought it up because of The Undertaker. Because while he probably should have retired a handful of years ago and he's not put on the best matches and there's a couple of times it looked like he he was going to die in the ring, uh, you can't deny what that dude's done. He's been the man for a very long time. He's wrestled for a very long time. Back when I was a kid, I used to watch I remember he debuted and my dad just instantly was drawn to him and he was my dad's favorite for the longest time and my dad like you know hogan and flair some of the normal popular ones but undertaker came along and my dad was all about mr undertaker so i've always had even though he's never been one of my true favorites i've always had a little bit of attachment to the undertaker because of my father may he rest in peace and so even though I could give two shits about WWE nowadays, and I certainly didn't tune in to watch the shit, I did get on Bleacher Report and check out his final speech. And it was good to just uh, see a final promo from him, let him say goodbye to the WWE universe, to the wrestling world in general, right? Because even if you don't follow that shit anymore, or you're like me and you follow pro wrestling but don't care about WWE, you still have something deep down for the taker, man. He's one of the best to ever do it. Hell, been around so damn long. And, you know, it's good to see him finally just hang it up and just leave that behind. Go rest, big man. Go rest. So, all that being said, the dead man's time has come. He's walking away, walking away. And you know what? That's okay. It's his time. So let's ring the bell. For the dead man, let the bell toll. Farewell, dead man. All right, Madcaps, let's get into week 11. What the fuck? Welcome to. The madness of week 11. That's right. Week 11 madness. Now, I decided to go ahead and mix up the structure again a little bit. Just a little bit. And really, it's it's um, it's um not due to anything in particular. I just decided, you know, I like, I, I like how I do the prognosis, right? You get the prognosis, go game by game, kind of what I'm looking at per game. But then for the recap, I'm just thinking, there's no need to talk about every single game. Just hit the highlights. You know what I mean? What I used to do, and I just think that's just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it like that. So we'll get back to hitting the highlights, and we're going to start with a little bit of, um, Injury news, because Joe Burrow took a bad hit, took a bad hit Sunday against the Redskins. He's down, down and out for the season with an ACL. Uh, 
And it's unfortunate. But on the other hand, I, I, th- I think a lot of people felt like this could happen, right? Burrow's going to get wrecked behind that offensive line. So now the Bengals know what they have to do. Defense is playing better. Okay. They got some players on offense. So now they need to work on the offensive line and some more help on defense. Really get this team to where it needs to be for Joe Burrow. And hey, in a lost season, you're not going anywhere anyway. You know, yes, game experience matters. And it would have done Burrow wonders to finish out the season. But now he gets to sit back, worry about his rehab, work on that, and get ready for next year. Now, there's no saying he'll be completely ready to go for next year. That's a different story, at least at the beginning of the year. Six to nine months, I believe, the recovery for the ACL. So we'll see. Whoa. I just keep knocking my damn wheat tray all about. Jesus. Anyway, so Burrow, you will be missed. It was fun seeing you play, man. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be back at it, killing it again next season. So good luck on the rehab. Julio Jones, man, he was just, and woman, he was in and out the game all day against the Saints. And I really think that really affected that Atlanta offense. You know, it makes it easier as a defense if you don't got to worry about Julio Jones. So, he's dealing with the hammy. They're going to figure out what the hell's going on with him, I hope. But let's get into the main story, for me, of the weekend was all these backup quarterbacks. The reserve quarterbacks, right? Taysom Hill. Got to admit, much better than I expected. He only threw 23 passes. He went 18 of 23 for 233 yards, zero touchdowns. But he did have 51 yards rushing with a couple of touchdowns using his legs. And he did have one lost fumble. So nothing spectacular or special, but uh, not terrible. So, and hey, the Saints won it. They won it pretty handily. Um, I don't think the score was indicative. They pretty much had control of the whole game. So... You got to give him props. Worked out this week. And as much as I think the Falcons have improved on defense, they're still not there yet, obviously. And I really do think that offense struggled mightily without Julio. Because it wasn't just that they were without Julio. It was that Julio was in and out. How can you get any sorts? I don't know. Next up, P.J. Walker. He was solid. Threw a couple of picks, but otherwise 24 for 34 he had 258 yards, one touchdown, and he got DJ Moore going, who got seven catches for 127 yards himself. So really good to see P.J. Walker. Not a lot of scrambling, huh? Not much at all. Thought there'd be a little more running from Mr. Walker, but not so much, at least in this game. We'll see what happens if Teddy comes back or if P.J.'s going to play another game. But they t- did pretty good. Shut out the Lions. Oh, speaking of, what did I say about the Lions? Offense ain't the same. Not only did they not have DeAndre Swift, but, well, not only did they not have Kenny Galladay, I should say, which already makes their offense less, but then you take away DeAndre Swift, who was just getting going for him and actually really helping that offense. Now, when Swift and Galladay are on the field and the Lions are actually using Swift as they're supposed to, this could be a dangerous offense, but it's more same old shit from the Lions, up and down season. It, you know, you just get rid of Matt Patricia, maybe. That might help. 
<laughs> and also, Andy Dalton was back. Andy Dalton was back at 22 for 32 for 203 yards, three TDs. He didn't have to go ham. He didn't need to. Zeke was big, went over 100 yards, had a TD catch. And, you know, there's still life here. There's still hope. I mean, I give two shits about the Cowboys. I, I do like me some CD lamb, I must say that. But hope, yes. This, that... NFC East, and I mentioned it before, that NFC East is garbage. I mean, everybody knows that, but I mentioned it before. Dallas isn't out of this. I just didn't think they'd be able to beat Minnesota. And, hey, this is a pretty close game. Dallas won by a field goal. And Dalvin Cook fumbles. Kirk Cousins a fumble. You get a few turnovers. Makes it, uh, makes it, Makes it hard to win, right? When you're turning the ball over a few times. And uh, despite that, the Cowboys still barely only won. But hey, hey, if they can get something going, Andy Dalton gets in a groove, they could easily be the best team in the NFC East. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, come on. It's not that far-fetched. You got the Redskins and the Giants who are, eh. <laughs> Then the Eagles... Who are supposed to be it, but they're just bleh, gross. Gross. I'll talk about it. I'll get I'll get to those fucking eagles in a second. But first, Pittsburgh. It's great to see Pittsburgh is just that undefeated, 10-0. Duh. Winning. Yeah, they just keep doing that winning. And Connor, James Connor was solid, but he got vultured to TD by Snell. Deontay Johnson went for 111 yards off of 12 receptions. And Chase Claypool and Eric Ebron each got a touchdown. So not much from Juju this week. See, this is the confusing thing. See, I think you could still keep rolling James Conner. Although I'm waiting. I'm waiting. At some point, I feel like we could see some Anthony McFarlane. We saw he had a few carries today. But I think eventually we could see a little bit more of him. Because they really need some juice in that backfield. And James Conner is just... I mean, I, I've never been big on James Conner, but I actually bought into him in a couple of leagues this year thinking that Pittsburgh's offense is going to be good, and they are. James Conner will be a big part of it, mostly. And that James Conner will thrive because he's done it before. <laughs> Struggled a little bit this year. So, I'd like to see him pick it up the rest of the way. But regardless, their offense is humming. What I worry about fantasy-wise is those fucking receivers. Because you never know who to play. But you got to play them. You can't not play Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster. And now at this point, you got to play Chase Claypool. But you also got to live for the weeks that it's not them. And that's the tough part. Because there's really no, you know, it's Julio Jones and then Calvin Ridley, even though Calvin Ridley can sometimes have a bigger game. This is the pecking order. There's no pecking order. It's kind of, you think Deontay Johnson's the number one. But he can have a game where he doesn't do hardly shit. And it's all Juju. Or Claypool. And, you know, it's good for them as a football team to have all these weapons. But for us in the, you know, the fantasy zone, we're sitting here like, what do we do? Who the fuck do we play? Well, you just, you always have to play him. That's you, you must play them. It's a to figure out who's gonna get what by each week. It's a, 
You just gotta play him. I did. Again, can you can you envision sitting one of those dudes at this point in time? Probably not. Probably not. Ooh, ooh. Big game. Big game alert. Tennessee at Baltimore. This game was a fucking blast. Titans winning in overtime thanks to King Henry. Who does it again? Does it again. King Henry, about 133 yards, got that walk-off TD. And then you had Corey Davis going for 113. A.J. Brown had a decent game, got a touchdown. John Smith had a touchdown. And they end up pulling it off in overtime. And you got to wonder what's going on in Baltimore's mind. And they had a good game. Lamar played well. Dobbins is clearly the man in that backfield. 15 touches. 15 touches. And he had a solid game. 70 yards and a touchdown. Ingram got two touches. Gus Edwards, three. I should say carries, not touches. But that's, 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 uh, if you, if you ask me, it's pretty obvious that's, that's Dobbins' backfield now. Okay? So that's good news for Dobbins' owners. And Mark Andrews also went off, five for 96 and one. Hollywood Brown. Sorry, Marquise Brown. Over three. No catches, three targets. Just, uh, he's complaining a few weeks ago. Sometimes you see those guys get going a little bit. The team just wants to make them happy. Man. And they're losing. This ain't good. This ain't good. Baltimore's maybe in a little bit of trouble. Maybe in a little bit of trouble. <sighs> Moving on. In Houston, Duke Johnson disappoints again. 10 carries for 15 yards. What the fuck, Duke? As for the rest of the Texans' offense, not bad at all. Watson was spreading the ball around. Uh, Cooks right up there. Um, Will Fuller had an okay game, but no, no touchdowns. The touchdowns came from Randall Cobb, before, and he got hurt. They say a severe toe injury. And Kiki Kuti, a fucking Kiki Kuti sighting. What the fuck? Hello, Kiki. I was in love with you. Not really, but a little bit, fantasy-wise, last year. And it's good to see you come around again. Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Kiki Kuti. <sighs> and speaking of a sighting, a Dante Moncrief sighting. Did anyone fucking know he joined the Patriots? Normally, I get all this shit on... On lockdown with the, the the new additions to teams, like I do, I I had no fucking clue. I mean, it doesn't matter really, but I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Jonathan Taylor, woo! <laughs> Finally had a good fucking game. Ninety yards, four catches for twenty-four yards. And Michael Pittman had 66 yards and a touchdown. The Colts rookies playing well. They're going to need two. There's still some questions about this offense, even though they did take down the Packers, which fumbles there too. MBS lost one. Aaron Rodgers lost one. So fumbles. Man, fumbles in the NFC North. The Colts, they're going to need these rooks to play at a high level the rest of the season if they're going to make any kind of noise come playoff time. 
but it was good to see Jonathan Taylor bounce back and Michael Pittman continue to rise, to ascend, to ascend in that Colts offense. And speaking of rooks, we had Justin Herbert getting a bit of a bounce back as I thought he would after the haircut. No, that the cutting of the hair did not take away his powers. He's good to go, good to go. 366 yards, three touchdowns. Keenan Allen went off, 145 and a touchdown. The other two touchdowns went to the other two big names in the offense, Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. So, good game all around for the Chargers passing game. Kalen Balazs wasn't very good, though. I, they are just, they, and they don't want to give, they, they won't give Joshua Kelly much more run. So it's like, they're just trying to bide their time till Austin Eckler gets back or something. I don't know. But Chargers get back on the win column, in the win column, I should say. And they did so, beating the shit out of the Jets, who who I did, I'm pretty sure Adam Gase yet again promised some LaMichael P. Ryan. And yet, Frank Gore's out there with 15 touches. That's right. 15 touches for Rancor. I, I don't know. At least we got uh, Denzel Mims. He had eight fucking targets, only three catches for 71 yards, but eight targets. So he's a big part of that game plan. Buy Denzel Mims if you can, because next year, baba boom, I'm calling. Baba boom. Ah, the Browns. The Browns are seven and three. That's fucking exciting. <laughs> I'm not even a Clevelander. No. I don't care that much about the Browns, but right now I don't have really a team that I really root for. I'm kind of starting to latch myself onto the Browns because after a team that's that's been so long without a solid, you know, squad to root for and watch, and hey, they got a good chance to make the playoffs. Yes, they got a little bit of an easy schedule, and yes, they got some things to work on. They very well could be one and done in the playoffs, but you never know. I'm. It, Give it a few more weeks. I want to see what this offense can get back to with Nick Chubb back. Because they are really good. Well, I shouldn't say really good. They're much better when they have Nick Chubb out there. Okay? And that's kind of what they're doing. They run the ball down your throat. Baker does his thing when he needs to. Play some defense. If they can just sharpen everything. Sharpen that defense. Get it better. Baker Mayfield can just sharpen it up, become a little bit more dangerous. Could be a dangerous team going into, you know, playoff time. So, keeping an eye on the Browns, I do love that. Chubb went over 100 again. And, again, Baker only had 204 yards, but he's really doing what he needs to do. He's just got to make sure he's not turning the ball over. And this offense can roll. And the defense is playing better. So, I do like the Browns, and I've kind of latched onto them. I've got to be honest. I'm kind of hoping they make some noise down the stretch. <sighs> now, I brought up Carson Wentz earlier. I'm sorry, but he's just gross. I'm ready to see Jalen Hurts. And it's not going to happen because the Eagles find themselves <laughs> in the same spot as every team in the NFC East in that... Uh, like the division's right there. <laughs> All you got to do is get in the dance, right? Get in the dance and anything can happen. The division's in their side, in any of their sides. Because all these teams are garbage. All it takes is one of them to get to start winning a handful of games. <laughs> like, ugh. And it could be Dallas. It would not surprise me at all if it was Dallas. Not even a little bit. Ah. <sighs> 
goddamn NFC East. Fulgham had seven targets, but didn't do a whole lot. I just worry about Fulgham. You got to worry about the Eagles' offense as a whole. Miles Sanders, love the dude. It's just this is not a great offense right now. It's tough. Tough. What do you do? What do you do? You play fucking Jalen Hurts. That's what you do. I'm just saying. That's what I would do. (laughs) And a couple more young quarterbacks to discuss. We had Drew Locke versus Tua Tungavailoa. And the Broncos D, Orange, crushed Tua. That's right. And really, neither quarterback played well. Tua was eventually benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who did take them down for a potential game, tying game score drive, and then threw an interception in the end zone. Such as Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Tua had a rough day. Coach came out and said, Brian Flores, Coach Brian Flores, he came out and said, hey, it was a rough game. He was benched for performance, but uh, he'll be starting again next week, so don't worry about Tua. Maybe that mile high air got to him. It gets to people here. It, it really does. I mean, not me, not people who live here, but people who visit, it can. It, it, it can bother them. I'm not saying that's what happened at all. I'm just saying, just saying. Anyway, so yeah, Drew Locke wasn't much better. I mean, he had some good throws, but it's just, we're just not seeing enough from Drew Locke, and it's disappointing. I know there was a lot of people down on him think thinking he wasn't going to be much, and I'm sitting here going, I like Drew Locke, but he's, and again, the reports of it, that like him and his fit in the system and all of that, I mean, maybe, but it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just watching him is just kind of like, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, unfortunately. Melvin Gordon did have a big day, though, in that game. 85 yards, two touchdowns, good for him. And Tim Patrick, five catches for 119 yards. And then on the Dolphins' side, nothing major, but uh, Devontae Parker did catch himself a touchdown, so that's good to know, good to know. And then you have the Sunday night game. Kansas City, their studs went off. Hill, Kelsey, CEH, Le'Veon Bell even got a touchdown. And it was a very close game. I thought this was going to be... A little bit, uh, how should I say, more one-sided, right? No! No, it wasn't. No, you're right. It was not. Um, the Raiders kept it really close, had a chance to win. Carr threw a pick at the end. And Josh Jacobs was able to do some damage. I was a little worried about uh, how much in my prognosis because I really thought the Chiefs were going to come out and thump them and beat up on them a little bit. But the Raiders, you got to give them credit, man. They're good ass, and woman, they're a good ass team. They really are. And they can, they can hang with just about any team. And we're going to have to see what happens in the playoffs with them. Because the, the playoffs are going to come down. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Because you got to figure, you got the four division winners, and then you have three more teams, right? Raiders are in that conversation. As are the Browns. And the Ravens. You look at the NFC West or East, Miami, along with Buffalo. I mean, 
the NFC South, you got the Colts and the Titans. There's going to be a couple of good teams that are left out of the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. And uh, the season finally starts this Thursday on Thanksgiving, as some people say. The season finally starts. And, you know, I've heard it brought up before. My podcast, the Around the NFL, which is one of my favorite pods to listen to. Uh, they've discussed it, and it really is. There's a little bit of sense in it, in that after Thanksgiving, you really start to see playoff teams up here and the non-playoff teams down here. So you really start to get an idea of who's you know, going to try and make a run for this thing and who's got to shoot for next year, right? Right. So, that's what I got. That's what I got for the Week 11 Madness. Those are my thoughts. And I think this is how we'll kind of do things uh, every week from now on when it comes to the, you know, post-Sunday show and the recap of the madness. Well, we'll do a little something more like uh, this. That's right. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell of a Sunday. And now I'm ready for Thursday. Well, but we can't We can't forget that. We still have Monday night, right? That's right, that's right. But Thanksgiving, just a few days away. Whee! Don't forget to go out and get all your turkey and stuff right now before the, you know, all the, get all your stuff as early as you can. As a matter of fact, go do it now. Now. Why not? May I please have your attention? The store will be closing in five minutes. That's right. That's right. It's about that time, peeps. My madcaps. It's about that time to end the pod. And I'm going to go play some Hunt Showdown. I'm going to go shoot some zombies. Kick some zombie ass, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And before we go, do not forget to check out my mini madness. If you checked it out last week, hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm going to keep it rolling, keep it rolling. And this week, we will have a special Thanksgiving episode. That's right. Because normally, when I go about this, what I'm doing with the mini madness is just to make these pods not too long and drawn out. I like to do the mini madness where I can hit up the injuries, get a little more detailed there, do a little bit of Monday Night Football recap, right? And then, and then talk about the prognosis for the Thursday night game. Well, this week, there's several Thursday games. So, we're going to prognosis all those games. Yes, yes. So, a special edition of Mini Madness. A turkey, turkey special madness. Something like that. <laughs> I'm going to call it something. Turkey special madness. Fantasy turkey special madness. Something like that. We'll go with something like that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We move on. Speaking of Monday night. Monday Night Football prognosis. I've got the Bucks winning this one, 17-13. And what will actually be a pretty low-scoring affair, I do believe. Because the Rams and the Bucks both have a top 10 defense. Top 10 against the run and against the pass. They're both very, very good defenses. And while... Both offenses can be very, very good. I think this is going to be a little bit more slug it out type of game. I really do. We're getting into that time of the year. 
It's getting cold, right? I mean, not where they're playing, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's that time of year. We're going to grind shit out. And I just think as good as these defenses are, you know, going to have Aaron Donald getting up in Tom Brady's face is going to be one hell of a game. Low scoring. I do think if you need points to win in this game, good luck. Because <laughs> I do in a few leagues, and I'm a little bit worried. Now, maybe I'm wrong. and Maybe the defenses give way to the offenses, and it becomes a bit of a shootout. But the way I see this playing out is going to be a defensive battle. I do believe. That's why I got the score 17 to 13. Bucks. That's right. I think the Bucks keep keep going. Keep going. They got that, you know, stumbled a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but they're fine. They'll be fine. <sighs> All right. Time to close up shop. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Thank you again for joining and listening. I do appreciate it. I very much do. And do not forget to follow again on the Twitters, on the Grams at RMK Madness. And please keep your eyes out on playerprofiler.com for my writings, of course, the infirmary, my weekly article, all the injury news, the one-stop spot for all your injury news, people. Check it out, infirmary on playerprofiler.com. That is right. And on that, we just keep it rolling. We just keep it rolling. So everybody have a good week, right? Because it is going to be a good week. It's Turkey Day week, right? Because I, I fucking love Thanksgiving. If I hadn't said it enough, fucking Thanksgiving. Just, just get stoned and eat turkey and watch football. It's so good. It's so wonderful. It's so nice. It's just so nice. Okay, all right. As always, much love to everyone. Make sure to stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay mad because, you know, all the best of us are. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. All right. Have a great week. We'll chat again very, very soon. Ta-ta for now. Laters. Welcome to the show. The